0: Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at season two, episode I've already forgotten what episode it is. Uh, uh is it eight? Seven, 8 eight. We're looking at episode season two, episode eight, Adventures in Paradise Part One, in which Frasier has a romantic getaway with his new beau, Madeline Marshall. Quickly finding that there are some people who you can't get away from. In this episode, key Frasier and Madeline go to Bora Bora (brackets) hubba. hubba, hubba. hubba. <laughs> Very exotic. <laughs> Where is the most exotic place you've been on holiday?
1: Oh, this is going to be pitiful. Um, I don't think
0: I've asked you this before. Stop me if I have. I feel like we haven't discussed your holidays before.
1: We be generally—I mean, we we discussed the camping holiday, the trip. camping <laughs> trip last week or two weeks ago. That was that was true. Um, I don't think that's gonna feature on this list um <laughs> I, I genuinely haven't gone on many exotic holidays because i didn't really go on holidays as a kid mm-hmm. um so my first anniversary of shan i took her to paris nice and, that's really nice that's very exotic and then the year after we went to about well, i don't might have been the year after i don't know, I remember it was i remember it, it was during the time of the eu referendum mm-hmm. we went to to <laughs> we went to crete um because nice. i woke her up at like four in the morning going shan with FDA, <laughs> um, And... She was livid, absolutely livid. <laughs> and then her mother called out and went, your father woke me up to tell you.
0: And he did the same thing. Oh, my God. Okay, can I just, I have an identical story about being woken up on that day. And I was in Poland on a kind of mini interrailing trip. And we were in this like pretty down and out hostel in some back alley in, in Krakow. And Cal, our mutual friend, I was woken up to him shaking me and just holding his phone in front of my face with the <laughs> Sky News headline. <laughs> and i just just we're all just kind of sitting around that morning a little bit not really just you know what are we going to do and then we kind of walked around every tour we went to was filled with like polish people who wouldn't stop making jokes about oh here they are the english you know they've, they've left and this is literally like only a couple of hours after the news had broke um Jeez. but yeah but my I'm, I'm a bit like you i, I mean you've probably got me beat on exotic places i think paris and crete and they're really Paris and
1: Crete are not exotic. When well, I say exotic, <laughs> I mean they've
0: got like you know, like like Fraser and Madeline are chasing. There's that that romance to them, you know, Paris is a nice um, place, and I, Crete, um, Crete Crete's pretty exotic.
1: I was planning me and Shan, We thought we're going to go somewhere that you don't ever think of going this summer, and we hmm. we're going to go to Albania just because wow. why not? Um, That's and a very, it's very Left field I mean. choice. Yeah, some really nice places. We thought that'd be great, and then you know, COVID hit, and that did not uh. happen. Discovered your Albania plans. Um, yeah. Also, we should know it. Our mutual friend Cal, I'm pretty sure, does not listen to this podcast. I because don't think he few, does. A few weeks ago, I mentioned having a dream about a dating app with him, and he is not—he's not, <laughs> not, not messaging me at all. So
0: I think he probably dipped his toes in at the early period, which we cannot blame him for, um, because I wouldn't—he doesn't watch Frasier. So I'd never expect him to wade through <laughs> just because two of his oldest friends do it. Um, but yeah, if, if he'd have heard that dream of yours, Kay, he would have had some comments, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for sharing Crete and Paris, Key Listeners, please share your most exotic uh, holiday you've been on. But should we tuck ourselves into Trivia Corner this week? Okay? Let's do it. Excellent. So we've been sent in some questions by Hamish. He's got a few extras as well from his usual cadre of Quizmasters. Corey has sent some in as always. And Ludicrous Popinjay. He's kind of throwing his hat into the ring. He's got some more questions for us. Okay, so I'll start, Key. I'll read out Hamish's for you. Are you ready this week? I am indeed. I feel like I've got to restore some pride. <laughs> <Genuinely> <laughs> Hamish is extremely pleased with his
1: performance. I last saw. Week. I saw the message.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll get to that in list of mail. Okay, here we go. Question numero uno. What colour necklace was Madeline oh, for wearing? Goodness, no. <laughs> was Madeline wearing in Bora Bora when sitting on the bed?
1: How is anyone supposed to know this? Um... Oh, well,
0: keep that in mind as a clue. What's, what's, what that's, what, that's, what bit of me. that is a clue? That's all I'll say, mate.
1: That's all I'll say.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> um, she's ridiculous. Yeah. Was, Just a was... days,
1: yeah. She's wearing a necklace on the bed. That's a clue. <laughs>
0: Well, no, your your response. How is anyone supposed to know this? Is in its way an, an obscure clue, or oh, is it that you don't know? She isn't wearing one. It's a trick yes, question, and what? I will allow you a point there because <laughs> I think that's a very hard and unfair trick question. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let I kind of tease you into it there, but I'm gonna let you have a point there, Kate. You got there on your own. Um, <laughs> okay, question two. Why was it impossible for Monsieur Degas to be killed at war? He wishes okay. he was killed in the war but this is impossible yeah. why is that is it said in the episode why it's impossible his wife responds to his oh hope cry i wish i'd been killed in the war oh
1: oh does, he, does she say something like oh it's hard to get killed when you're running away or that is like exactly
0: that. what she says well like <laughs> a, a cracking little uh that's a very kind of wife to her husband jab that is it's pretty it's pretty barbed Um, Okay, question three. Last one of Hamish's. How many times does Roz hit herself on the head with her clipboard? I like this one. Oh, God, okay. Um, I think this is when she's getting really annoyed that Frasier keeps talking about Madeline.
1: (laughs) First instinct is that it's three or four. Okay. I'm going to say four
0: oh it's three! Oh oh you're so close Kay. you're so oh. close but you have got a you got you got a one you got two there because we're definitely gonna give you got
1: one and a half can't <laughs> we
0: go. we're gonna give you two we're gonna give you two we've also got a question from anna and her question this week is okay uh, this is really hard K. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to ask this. You, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask this, just to hear your response. Anna's question is: Martin and Nars are smoking Cubans whilst Nars is playing the piano. What yeah. was
1: the tune Nars no, no. is are playing you, on the piano? I knew you, you were going to ask this. Do I you know, know it? it? No, I don't know it. I thought that's a really. I was seeing, I think that is a really catchy song. I bet, I bet Will asks me this, but I, I thought <laughs> I can't even Google. I don't know how to find out. As I, I don't know how Shazam works. Okay, I don't know how <laughs> it, to find. It wouldn't songs.
0: work on that as well. Actually, Shazam only works for originals. It never works for a cover of something. Um, interesting
1: fact for you there. Um, no, I really liked the tune, and I thought I mm. know. I actually wrote down in my notes: Niles looks damn sexy with a cigar. It, <laughs> plays the piano really well as well so it's just crappy Um, stuff but i don't know what song it is though
0: it is i don't want to walk without you and i'm gonna be honest if anna knew that anyway that is incredible um, and fair play, and I'm not suggesting she, does, she doesn't, She does but I have a suspicion if you watch Frasier with the subtitles on, it may tell you what's being played on the piano. So perhaps yeah. that is how Anna knows, or she's just got incredible music knowledge, which we have down to, but there you go. Um, it is, I don't want to walk without you. Do you want to ask me your questions this week? Okay?
1: Uh, yes. So uh, my first question. Let's go. What year was the wine that they ordered the restaurant?
0: Oh, okay. It's near the late it's the eight, late end of the 80s. Um
1: late end of the 80s. Yeah.
0: She's, <laughs> she says the only one of that year to outdo the I think it is it the 88. Oh, oh well. The 89.
1: Which one are you going for? Oh,
0: I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 88 but because that was my first answer I think it's the 89. Be correct with 89. Ah, <laughs> and then she says the only one of that decade to outdo the 88. Ah. Oh. I couldn't remember yeah. if he says that about eighty-seven or something. but That's a good question. Kay. I've got some comments on oh, uh, that actually. Um, when we get to, the I
1: think I'm going to give you that because you basically knew. You, uh, oh, you, you a... can't!
0: I got it wrong, man. Don't, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to extend that olive branch to me. <laughs> You're very kind.
1: Okay, question two. Okay, um, and I did not turn the light on in my room, so I've got the answer written down in front of me, and I can't actually <laughs> read it because it's very dark in here. <laughs> um, so when Frasier leaves, I think for his date, he has mm-hmm. a he goes what three things. Does he have? Oh, he has. I'm feeling good about. I, I've got. I a name think three. I might know
0: this. I think he has a, a song in his heart is one of them. Yeah, a dance in his step, and yeah. dog saliva around his ankles. <laughs> Correct him under. Yes, there it is, man. A little three-parter in the bag. And not the third up. question:
1: mm-hmm. What is the name of the father that we meet at the restaurant?
0: Okay, so obviously we know it's Monsieur Degas because of the name. Yeah, of the restaurant. do you know his
1: first name?
0: I have a feeling I do because it reminds me of the football club. I believe it's <laughs> yes, Etienne. <you> <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, Etienne, yeah, as in San Etienne. There we go. Yeah. Excellent question, K. Very, right. very
1: strong showing there, well.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm probably gonna come undone when you ask me Mischief Nights, but there we go. Um, I've got Luke Swapping J's lined up for you, Kay. So let's get these babies dusted off question numero uno what did Fraser introduce as the topic
1: on Bulldog's show okay I do know this because it's um, what's wrong with our Seattle Mariners <laughs> yes it is um, because you haven't had a chance in the last 18 years to say
0: it or something like <laughs> it's that it's such a good response from someone who just hates sport because that is what it must feel like whenever we're like tweeting about a Villa or something it's just like weren't you doing this last weekend and nothing's changed so I think I really I get what Fraser's doing here um, but yes well like it Question 2, how does bulldog describe his quote proverbial
1: derrière? Proverbial derrière. <laughs> um I think he does he compare him to tomatoes, I think. He does a couple of little cherry tomatoes in a oh to to borrow the
0: uh, the American pronunciation, but yeah, you a fan of cherry tomatoes? Uh, I like tomato soup, if that mm. counts. That's, oh, I like tomato soup as well. <laughs> that wasn't the question, kid. Completely
1: <laughs> 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 I, I don't like tomatoes on their own now. Um... I
0: no, I never did until like literally last year. I, I mean, I will eat ketchup like it's going out of fashion, and I love tomato <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, I'm like you. They they, I kind of have them with salads now, but I'm not like. Overtly obsessed. And finally, from Ludicus Popping Joe. What qualities does Bulldog say he likes when reading about Madeline Marshall? This is an excellent, excellent question. Oh,
1: I think I do know this. I think it's um, she's smart. He likes a woman who's smart, sophisticated, and doesn't wear underwear.
0: <laughs> it was a general comment.
1: <laughs> yeah, because she's wearing a business suit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah, such a good line. One of my favorites, of uh, probably a favorites of Bulldogs, generally speaking. So, yeah, really cracking question. Ludacus Jay. J. Um, so that just leaves, Key. Mischief Knight. Mischief Knight's questions.
1: Oh god. Okay, so Dad. Oh mate, you're gonna you're gonna breeze through it. Oh don't say that. Don't say that. Question one. Mm-hmm. What is the profession of the person the cigars were confiscated from? Oh this is a cracking
0: question. Well I remember him saying he, he confisc- a friend of mine's confiscated them at CTIC. I don't know why. I've uh, I've got art dealer in my head. <laughs> I'm going to say art, art dealer.
1: dealer. <laughs> oh, what was his name? The guy who ran the, uh, the art dealer? Oh, Philip show. Hayson.
0: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Philip Hayson smokes a few stogies.
1: Oh, we we know Philip does. Um, he does. Fortunately, it's wrong, Will. But oh. it was very funny. Um, so Mischief Night has put high school teacher. And oh, man. I think specifically he was teaching a civics class. Wow.
0: There you go. Yeah, the irony is correctly. dripping with
1: irony there. Good question, um, question two, right Fraser on, you typically uses his I'm listening line with his callers, but what does he use for Chester? Oh, wow. that's an. Ec- I didn't pick up on this. This is an excellent
0: uh, question. Corey's really uh, gone for it this week. But I'm going to say, I- I'm just thinking out loud now, it could be something like what seems to be the problem? How can I help you? Um, I'm going to say what seems to be the problem.
1: Oh, well. Is it the other one? how can i help you
0: you're kidding me oh
1: cory man um, i'm gonna
0: get you i'm gonna get you
1: i will say the person who voices chester is very famous oh my god i was gonna um, talk about
0: this actually because i was trying to figure out who it was and i couldn't um i couldn't i couldn't work it out
1: i'm gonna know who yeah. it is am i you'll certainly have heard of them definitely do have you want to say it
0: them, for yeah. the review or do you want to tell me now
1: uh what would you prefer will Save so for the review. Save so for the review. We I don't want to, so to take so the luster offer. Uh, MK's questions. Okay, and the final question. Mm-hmm. Once the argument starts in the restaurant, mm-hmm. where does Fraser suggest they go? Oh,
0: oh, that's a good one, man. That I feel like this is on the tip of my tongue. Um, I, I feel like it's gonna be like a tongue-in-cheek response, or maybe he genuinely suggests another um, another what's it called? Another restaurant, but. I've got no idea. I'm going to take a stupid stab and sit, maybe he says something really tongue-in-cheek, like Pizza Hut or something. Uh, it is a clam house. A clam house! I wonder, where does a clam house fall on the uh, fast food to fine dining spectrum, do we think?
1: Um, I don't know anywhere in this country that is a clam house. I don't, do, we have them? <laughs> do We even sell clams in
0: this country. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen them on a menu. Um, I imagine by the beach you could probably get them somewhere, seaside. Yeah, you probably can actually. I'm probably being very, very ignorant here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've, I've never seen the menu either. But in fairness, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going into seafood restaurants very often and saying we got.
0: <laughs> no, the I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same. Excellent questions there. Thank you, everyone who uh, who wrote in this week. Um, some real head scratches there, but really cracking. Okay, key. Okay, so getting into the review this week. Can you remind me what the animation was, please? And the irony is, I believe this was mentioned only two weeks ago.
1: Okay, so I think was it lightning?
0: It was indeed the lightning bolt striking the space needle, which I did actually say about two weeks ago. It's one of my favourites. Um, where does it rank for you on the ones we've seen so far?
1: I like, because it's different. That's what I really like about it. It's not it's not your red flashing light. That it's not. Everyone's your, seen. Oh, I just,
0: weirdly, I quite like the red flashing light. When <laughs> when it's just the the space needle elevator, that's probably my least favourite. I'm like, it's just it's just a single little square of yellow. But there we go. That's that's enough animation talk <laughs> for one week. Um, <laughs> Chester's on the line a KCL. Why don't you just kick us off where we just left in Trivia Corner and tell us who voices the very moody Chester. So Chester
1: is voiced by none other than Art Garfunkel.
0: Oh my God! Really? Yep, that's um, I've got
1: down here. Heart Garfunkel.
0: That's absolutely insane. I mean, I am a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. I mean, where do you sit on on Simon and Garfunkel? I am. Um, I like
1: Simon and Garfunkel. If that's not them the off. answer I was hoping for, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I do. I I think I have one of the. I have probably an album on vinyl somewhere. Probably got um, Bridge
0: over Troubled Water, which is in every charity shop ever. As a yeah,
1: I, I think that's
0: the one. Yeah, oh, that album. Album in general, is like that other than the final song, maybe I'm being controversial here, every song on that album is unbelievable. It is so good. And Paul Simon generally actually I've got Graceland literally above my head on vinyl, which came out in like eighty four eighty five. That is probably in my top ten albums of all time. So I mean not, not I mean this is I'm taking away from Garfunkel here because I am someone who firmly believes Paul Simon was the uh ninety percent of the talent in sign of Garfunkel. I mean art Garfunkel had some good moments. He sang bright eyes on uh on Watership Down, but there you go. That's
1: all hey, that oh. is I don't know if other countries do this, but in the UK we watch Watership Down every Easter.
0: Because... Oh no way. I always feel like it weirdly it's on around Christmas but maybe I'm um, I don't know. when I was a kid we all we
1: used okay. to watch it at Easter and talk about—is uh, it myxomatosis or something like oh that? With... God, what a lovely Easter you had! <laughs> <What are> you <laughs> in, That's horrible. <laughs> It, it was pretty traumatic.
0: <laughs> and if anyone's not seen *Watership Down*, it's an animated film about rabbits that's kind of like they're going on a bit of a *Lord of the Rings* esque quest. But it is not a kids' film. It's extremely dark and violent. But we do
1: show it to kids a lot in this. Yeah, it's
0: shown to kids, and you know that's why this country's so effed because all the kids watch <laughs> Warship Down*. But I mean, it's it's one of my favourite books. So it's by Richard Adams. So fully recommend it if you uh, fancy a new read. It's so an article fun called "Some of His lines Here, it's like, gee, it's awful tough to get through and take your time. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, so good. He's so nice, isn't he? He is. He's really nice. He kind of reminds me of like Ben Stiller's going and he's like, oh, I'm
1: fine. I'm fine.
0: No, I'm no, not. I'm not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's still my um, favorite caller. He's not been tired. He yet. is. That was... Honestly, you could put that on again now and I'd still be crying with laughter. It
0: honestly cracks me up so much. I love that guy.
1: So this is where Frasier
0: discovers Madeline Marshall in the hottest 100 in town. in It's Seattle something. I can't remember the name of the magazine. Or maybe it's just Seattle magazine. Would you, Key, if you're a little bit you know more famous, maybe a bit moneyed in a metropolitan area, would you want to be in that kind of magazine? Would you take it as a compliment? Say you were number 17 in the top 100 you know, hottest
1: people in London. Would you want that? Yeah, uh, yes, yes. I, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I was I drinking. Think, I um, I think most people. I think at a certain age, you probably would, because you'd want boast about it and stuff. You'd want probably, the connections that would come from it. <laughs> yeah. So no. What I really like is what I'd really, really like. I think is to be on the list of like people who um you know you shouldn't find attractive but you do because that's a really mm. backhanded compliment i really like yeah. that go, i see that ugly. i see that a lot he's kind of hot <laughs> <laughs> weirdly actually adam driver the
0: actor gets gets this a lot and and, I get, and as i have said to you before and others have said to you you share a very striking resemblance to adam driver <laughs> there you go
1: yeah genuine true story i think i've told you this story i was at the start of lockdown i was sent out to the shops to get some supplies and i could See this guy following me around the store, and it'd been the first time I've been in a shop for a little while. I was thinking, what does he think I'm stealing? So what's he what's he following <laughs> me for? And he came up to me just as I was getting. I was just at the till, and he went, "I'm sorry, you must get this all the time, but you look just like Adam Driver." That and, is amazing. How did you respond? I, just, I I just went, "Oh, thanks." because <laughs> I wasn't even sure who Adam Driver was.
0: <laughs> oh Google man, he's it. one of the best in the beers at the moment. He's great. And
1: I was thinking, I googled it, and I realised it was the same guy who one of my colleagues told me I looked like. Cause oh no way! One of, one of my colleagues told me I looked like Kylo Ren. I was like, I don't mm. know who that is. <laughs> so wow. apparently, I do look like him. Yeah,
0: you do. We'll have to try and get a photo where you look particularly driver-esque and post it on the <laughs> Facebook page, so uh, listeners can really fill in the uh, fill in the blags. Frasier, weirdly in this kind of opening case, bit. He's kind of oddly colloquial and slangy so he says it so long to the listeners he's like so long and takes his headphones off and then when Roz says your brother's not in it either he's like cool like he says so long and cool in the space of like one minute of each other and I can't think of another time he says either of those things it was just like a weird quirk of this episode um and it kind of it's kind of uh reflected back later in the episode when Madeline visits the booth and he's getting all like childlike and he's like oh look Roz Madeline's here and it's all like very playground friendly and yeah, frazier has got a little bit of a bit of a childlike slangy quality to him this episode, which I thought was quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I think I quite like it later on when he's getting all excited about Madeline being there. It's a bit like when you're at school and you see your friend from outside of school and you're like, yeah. guys, I know him, I know him. Um,
0: yeah, I know, come and, come and speak to him.
1: <laughs> yeah, very much so. I find it quite strange that he immediately checks to see if Niles is in that magazine because Niles is not... Famous. I mean, okay, he's he That's married. a really good Malo. point, actually, yeah. I find it very strange, it? strange that you'd assume that Niles is in... Is <laughs> in um... It's in his magazine. And also, I feel that if you're going to be in that top 100, you probably get told ahead of time. You don't yeah, just find yeah, out.
0: There's a lot going on here. I completely forgot that. Seattle One is a big cultural hub. You know, as arts and culture goes, Seattle is a huge, you know, huge deal. And Frazier is obviously famous. So he would, he would you know, he has a chance of being in it. You know, a lot of women in the course of Fraser, it's 11 seasons, find him attractive. So it's not implausible that he would be in it. But yeah, Niles is he's just a normal psychiatrist. Why would he be in this so... Yeah, very good point. And, and obviously, Niles later gets annoyed that he's not in. He's like, can you believe it? It's a Martin. like um, <laughs> Yeah. So really, yeah, really good point um, that maybe I, I did not think on at the time. Weirdly, I was going to say, I'm not going to go off on a massive tangent here, but this is just worth pointing out. I imagine a lot of listeners have watched The Office um, as well, the US Office. There is a fantastic episode that is like the inverse of this one, where Michael Scott, which is Steve Carell's character, the, the manager of The Office, he becomes obsessed with a chair model in a cat in a furniture catalogue because he needs to buy new office chairs. And there's this like, really attractive woman modeling the chairs on like a random page in his catalogue. And he basically falls in love with her. And he like makes his like assistant, who's like, you know, really sycophantic and will do anything for him, track down where this woman is. And it turns out she like died in a freak car crash or something. And then like Jeez. they go and visit her grave at the end and they like have a dance and stuff. It's really weird, but hilarious. Um, and the episode is called Chair Model. For anyone who wants to watch it, it's pretty easy to trap down. But yeah, kind of the inverse of this. Um, I think in many ways it's kind of... Romantic that Frasier chases Madeline this way, but also I think kind of in in 2020 in this day and age, this isn't something that would be encouraged. It'd be something that would be like, no, don't do that because you will come off as a massive creep. And I just think it's interesting how like social mores change in that way.
1: Yeah, it is incredibly creepy just to call <laughs> someone up at their place of work and ask them out. When you, especially say, when I
0: just saw you in a really a list of hot people.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically, I, was, I saw a picture of you. I like what I saw. So uh...
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the way Frasier says, Raz, I'm in love is excellent. Um, excellent delivery of Kelsey here. And then like Bulldog joining the phrase, really funny as well. The way he's posing in the doorway, I think it's hilarious. He's just been on the Stairmaster. He's kind of gripping the doorframe and kind of showing off his buns of steel, which is really, really funny. And then we have the line that Ludicrous Poppinjay Jay. Has already mentioned. And I like a woman who doesn't wear underwear. <laughs> She's wearing a business suit. It was a general comment. I just think that's <laughs> just excellent. I think Bulldog, again, like, you know, he's giving like, he's given two minutes in this episode. So he's really got to freaking knock whatever he gets out of the park. Um. I think it's really great. I've got a quick mini trivia question for you, Key. Once more into the breach, um, Frasier says when he picks up the phone to uh to deal with this Madeline situation. What Shakespeare play is that from?
1: I think is it Henry the Fifth?
0: Yes, it is. It basically yeah. my go-to is if you don't know what any of the good war quotes are from, <laughs> just guess Henry the Fifth. Um, but yes, once more into the breach is from I thought you might know that you have got a dramatic background, so I'm uh maybe I'm um, being naive asking that. So we're back at the apartment after we've been at KSL and this is where we kind of get the, the cigars and all of this kind of funny little side gag that's set up for the, the B-plot of the episode. Real sticking point for me here. Daphne is writing a letter home to her mother. She asks Martin, is, it, is the correct term serial killer or serial murderer? Without me passing any comment, what did you make of this line?
1: I just, I felt it was a bit, I don't know, shoehorned in, to be honest. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, no one... Ever uses the phrase serial murderer. I've never heard anyone say he's a serial murderer. He is. (laughs) It it did just feel like it was a bit shoehorned in for the next line about how, oh, just letting my mom know what's going on. She worries when she doesn't hear. It didn't. It fell a bit flat for me, let's be honest. That is exactly what I was going to say. So I'm, I'm great
0: to hear that you were with me there. I mean, one, we use serial killer in the UK, just like they do in the US. So there's no way it's a cultural thing that would make Daphne ask that. And two, it's just, it is purely ass so that we can have that line. And I'm trying to think, I can't on the spot, but there's got to be better ways to get to that punchline. Oh, I'm writing to my
1: mom, she worries. There's got to be a better way of getting to it. Generally, if you can tell that a line is just there, set up the next gag. Mm. In a show like Frasier, that's not usually a good sign. Yeah. Generally. I mean, on occasion, if the line's good enough, the joke's good enough, it works. But I think in this event, it falls a bit flat for me. I just... not particularly fun. I, th- I feel sorry for Daphne because I think generally she's had a few rough weeks with lines, to be honest with you.
0: She has. She had a rough week from me, <laughs> battering basically <laughs> every line she's had in like the last three episodes. Last week, it was the Margaret Thatcher. The week before that, it was like the just let me dress up the dog. The week before that, that was probably something. So, yeah, I've I've been really been kind of smacking her with the proverbial bumper shoot um, as the weeks have gone on. But, you know, Daphne, she, does, she is growing into her own as this season comes on, some good seasons. Uh, some good episodes with her coming up I think another little pronunciation thing if people on the serial killer or serial murderer kind of train while we're there SeaTac, as Martin pronounces it, this has always kind of grinded my gears a little bit because are you familiar with what SeaTac
1: refers to at all? I assumed, and I, I assume I'm completely wrong in this, that it was some kind of department or something? I, I know a guy who worked at oh, um, I
0: Basically, what, what it refers to is um, I think the main airport in Washington is shared by Seattle and Tacoma. So it's known as S-E-A for Seattle and then T-A-C for Tacoma. So it's actually CTAC c-tac hyphen yet it's pronounced c-tech by every american and i've never understood why it's, it's it's just the name of the airport but why do they say c-tech instead of c-tac i just well is calling
1: out millions of people i'm asking
0: listeners please riddle me this because i just I, this is obviously as someone who has kind of professed my love for the pacific northwest in the past and washington in particular i've always had a bit of a you know an affinity for these names and these places and whatever. So I mean, I'm interested to know why that might be. C sounds better than SeaTac. so it's it's much it's a much better name. I'm, I'm, there's no getting away from that. But uh, yeah, it's an odd one. Okay, to defend Daphne, actually, I, my next bullet point is her little her little monologue about her granddad with his kind of stogie. The very graphic image of playing with the yellow whiskers above him, under his nose, which although is a bit disgusting, is also quite a good kind of. I can imagine reading that kind of description in a, in a book or something. But then Daphne's saying, "Then suddenly Grandpa's mood would change. We'd have to run for our lives." Actually, a really funny line. And I don't know if this is just me, but did this remind you of anyone in particular? This line. Um, I don't want to this... put I don't want to put words in you in your, in your head, so I won't say who it reminded me of. But did it remind you of anyone in UK really... sitcom?
1: Sorry, did you say in, in this sitcom or a different sitcom? In
0: in like UK sitcoms. Okay, oh, um, I was gonna yeah. say in terms of
1: this sitcom, it really. Reminds me of Niles with I think mm. it's the Court Master where he's on about. Uh, as so often happened roughhousing turned to tears <laughs> and, <laughs> I love that that's so um, good you twist that. in terms of UK sitcom
0: um, this is a real left field thing it's just, it just kind of came to me as I was listening so this isn't something I expected Like in terms you know, of
1: mm. the story or in terms of the characters within her story now,
0: the, the way Daphne's kind of delivering it really and her voice and yeah just generally Daphne's persona in this story and even the way she's looking the way her eyes are and she kind of keeps her face still it really reminds me of of someone in particular, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you have one last little rumination I'm
1: not sure, on it. I, think, I don't know. I can't think.
0: I, I think this is just uh, maybe I, I need to watch Shenda video to people. Like we can see, but you know, Alice from Vicar of Dibley. Yes, it that's a good show. Really shout. reminds me of Alice from Vicar of Dibley. I, I awfully cannot remember her name. I know she, tragically the actress uh, of Emma, Emma Chambers. Emma Chambers, the of course, um, she's no longer with us, but she she is like a powerhouse in British sitcom folklore. And Alice was kind of like this ditzy little character in Vicar of Dibley who was like the best friend of of the title character. Um, And, yeah, she would often give these kind of rambling, slightly vacant, wide-eyed stories that were a bit surreal and a bit sad and also happy. And, yeah, Daphne's voice reminds me of her. The way she looks reminds me of her. And, you know, Vicar of Dibley was on around the same time i think it predates fraser a tiny bit i wonder you know maybe jane leaves being british herself is maybe influenced by emma chambers in some way um because emma chambers was very influential as like a, a female comedian and actress
1: so yeah that's, that's a, a really cool. good that's a really good shout yeah and a i really, think as you say, i think no it's just a really really good shout i think um as you said emma chambers was hugely i think influential in, mm. the, uh, particularly in the 90s in, in Gosh, the UK comedy, particularly as female characters go. But I will say, generally, in real life, I, I mean, do you know people who in real life will tell a story and then completely change the tone halfway through? Because I know people who do this and they're telling them a fun <laughs> story and you're laughing along. And then out of nowhere, they'll just go. but Then he died, unfortunately. <laughs> and you're still I laughing as they tell you, but you've got to stop very suddenly.
0: I really do hate when people do that. To be honest, I, I, like sometimes people like yeah, they have that that way about them where they'll be telling you something that's like yeah, that is as you say, it's funny, but they can quickly change and say something they. That they're not joking but you're you're. there's no way of you knowing um like it's, it's not so obvious as like oh yeah and then they die then you think oh shit i need to stop laughing sometimes i'll just say something and you think oh if this is in keeping with the rest of the story they've been telling i'm just going to keep laughing and this is a particularly bad if you're not really listening to them and you're kind of laughing along and then you end up laughing and they kind of they keep looking at you because they they're actually expecting response that time and you haven't given them one. you just kind of laugh and you've got you have to quickly you know, go oh oh sorry and then and then respond so yeah i hate that i hate that loads but- Time
1: this ever happened to me. i was i was out drinking with this chap mm-hmm. uh, and he had loads of great stories he'd been in the army when he was younger and things like that and he was telling me his story we'd, we'd had a few fair few glasses of wine at this stage um, <laughs> and he, he was telling me his story story about him and his mates when they're in the army and they oh got this other friend of theirs and they locked him in a freezer. Oh, my God. And I was, like, laughing the whole thing. Yeah, this is very funny. And then he was like, yeah, but, I mean, you almost got frostbite and you almost died. And I was like, yeah, is this, oh it's going God. somewhere. Like, no, no, that- was The guy was almost, they were very lucky not the Guy was fine because they'd have been in a lot of trouble wise. <laughs> That is, that is
0: fucked up. Like, putting something <laughs> in a freezer is not okay. Like, <laughs> all that reminds me of, did you ever play Tomb Raider on the PS1? Oh, yes, long
1: you time ago. You know what go, I'm yeah. going to
0: say. Basically, anyone playing, anyone listening, Tomb Raider, a creepy butler would follow you around everywhere and there was a famous cheat that you could lock him inside the freezer inside Lara Croft's mansion. Um, so that's what that's reminded me of. But yeah, that's a really sad story, okay? Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry you, I mean, fortunately the wine may have numbed your uh, your less than tactful response by laughing, but there you go. Um, so after the apartment scene, we have the cigars, we have Frasier kind of talking about, in fact, is Frazier in that scene with the three of them when they're talking about cigars? Or has he not come back yet? I can't remember.
1: No, I, um, I think he comes, oh, yeah, back, comes and back and probably smoking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, he's not, I don't think he really involves himself in the conversation regarding cigars. No, he comes back for his socks and his song in
0: his heart and his dance in his step. Then he he heads to the French restaurant to to meet Madeline. Um This Friche is obviously turning on his his charm force it here, and he's uh, he's kind of you know he's really amping it up the way he gets the breadstick and he's like they'll treat us as if we're family and he kind of like he does this thing with the breadstick we kind of i'm doing it with my hands right now he kind of like strokes the breadstick and like elongates it it's really odd and the way he says that line there's like a big pause afterwards and like they both just smile at each other and there's not a laugh because it's not a joke and it just hangs in the air that's that second too long um I just think it's a really funny line and it always sticks to me. Whenever I never this episode, but yeah, they're at, they're at Dagar's um, Dagar's restaurant. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. I've lost where I am on my bullet point. Yeah, here we go. And then, so based on the quiz question you asked earlier, I want to talk about this. She, Madeline says when Fraser orders the wine, only wine of that year to outdo the 88. Now I did a little bit of mental gymnastics trying to work out what this means. And it literally just means the 89, was the best one? If it was the only one of that year to outdo the '88, that means it has to be the best one of the decade. So why does she not just say that? Why does she say it's the only one to outdo the '88? Does it? It, it doesn't mean anything. I think I she's showing,
1: she's showing off that she knows two great wines. That I um... guess
0: so, but it's such a roundabout way of getting to it. Like it's, I'm trying to think of an example, but I, I can't think of one. But it's, you know, it's. It was the best one. It's like it, it's a really weird way of saying, Oh, yes, the best wine
1: from the 80s. Um, just a, a strange, I, know, I didn't know, and this is probably absolutely nothing to do with it. I didn't know if it was just the fact that it was the last two years of the decade as well, maybe that one was late. I don't know, just it seems strange that the following year was the only one that outdid it. Um, mm. there's probably yeah. absolutely nothing in that at all.
0: <laughs> Well, I think it's better than me just kind of blindly um, shouting at Madeline for her line. I mean, she didn't pick that line yet. It was given to her.
1: Do you you like Madeline in this episode?
0: It's a tough one, this because a lot of Frasier fan club polls that go up about, you know, who was the best love interest of Frasier. I I, I seem to think Madeline scores fairly highly, generally speaking. Um, One and this might be extremely unfair to the actress playing her, but she strikes me as a little bit older than Frasier and a little bit older generally than his love interests throughout the run of the show. She strikes me as a slightly older woman. I mean, she may well not be, so that might be a really unfair comment. I, I I do like her, but... There's not a whole lot of warmth there. But she's not given much to work with. Um, this is a very frazier dominated episode. It's all about him putting on his his moves, you know, to 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 score. But yeah, I I'd say I like her more than I dislike her. I feel like you've got some comments considering you asked that. I just You're not. I don't want to say that in in her one of her two big episodes that she feels a bit like an extra. Well, she does, and it is. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. This is the one episode she's only in two. It's a two-parter, the first of the series so far. Should she be given more to do in this? Do we think? Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. so. And
1: I don't know if I should say this on air, but because it sounds incredible. Controversial, Scott. I, I don't really see her as the forty seventh most beautiful person in Seattle.
0: Wow, that is a fair <laughs> comment, Kim. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But
1: uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I heard the judgment in your.
0: Well, that. No, you honestly, I'm. That? A, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to, you know, pass comment like that. However,
1: I agree. I agree. <laughs> I don't like to be a pig. Like
0: <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. And I say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. However, a list as superficial as that 100 hottest people in Seattle, that's got nothing to do with beauty being in the eye of the beholder. That's all about superficial beauty.
1: I, I and yet, feel like it's the... an odd one. I forget her name. She was Renata's mom, uh, the model. Oh I, man! I feel there would just be a hundred of her on that hottest women's list. I, that's I,
0: that's gotta be. Yeah, she's gotta be like setting the bar for what the uh, the top ten must be like. But yeah, this is this is getting vaguely into a, <laughs> kind of a bit of a, a bit really of a meat bad. market.
1: <laughs> I'm going to leave it at your discretion to cut this. But <laughs>
0: oh no, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. But yeah, no, an interesting comment. All the same, do people think Madeline Marshall? You know, is it is it a valid enough plot point that she would be in a list like that to get Fraser involved? Could they have just introduced her in a much easier, less roundabout way? Is, uh, is something to think about.
1: And uh, to, just to apologise to our listeners out there, if it makes any better. I would not be getting in this top one hundred if it's I was okay. to make
0: a top 100 list you would be in the top 10 my
1: friend not number
0: 1 oh. but you'd be in the top 10
1: <laughs> um, in fairness there's listeners already out there going yeah Kieran and Will they like to Netflix and chill with Frasier I've been running this Uh, Kelsey's delivery of the line fabulous is
0: hilarious here when Madeline reveals that her her husband cheated on her with her sister, which is pretty horrific. Um, Obviously, Frazier undercuts that with her. Fabulous. Um, Then...
1: Same thing (laughs) happened to me.
0: Yeah. Wow, my sister really gets around. There's an amazing (laughs) line now when they start both back and forthing about why the marriage broke down. You start... You know, was was I simply not good enough in bed? You reach for anything, <laughs> anything. <laughs> why he says that. That just reminds me of and speaking of water
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm in a hole, I'm just gonna carry on digging. <laughs> it's so good, so good. I um I actually really like this bit in the um in the episode, because I, as I may have mentioned on the podcast before, I really like the TV show A Lower Low, which is a British mm-hmm. show from back in the day. Um, and this really reminds me of a lower low. Um yeah, I see that. Because in a lower low, everyone is sleeping with everyone else behind everyone else's back. Um, <laughs> and I just I really like the way that the waiters are hiding in the corner, and it's quite obvious to everyone except the father who's <laughs> Who the dad is in this episode. You can't even get um, water in a glass. <laughs> yes, one line. Oh good. Um Ew. you I've... can't even get water in the glass. How? How did you do this?
0: Um, I've never watched a lower low actually, and I didn't realise that was what it was about, but kind of kind of very interested
1: now. Um it's, it's kind of about I mean not everybody sleep with everyone, but um it's set during the small war and it's about oh, the French occupied resist- France,
0: is it, Yeah, yeah, he yeah,
1: occupied France and it's the French resistance. However, the joke is that the um the French are all horny, mm. uh, the Germans are all <laughs> kinky, and the British are stupid. Wow! And so the main character Rene, his wife is there. He's also got two waitresses and he's sleeping with both of them. <laughs> oh my and god! None of None of the others know about it, and it, yeah, it's great.
0: Wow, I might have to. Watch. I mean, I know this is a stalwart for a lot of people. I know Steve listening um, has probably seen a lot of a lower low. Actually, he's pretty up on his uh, on his British sitcoms. But um, I mean, speaking of the comparisons, I mean, it's weird actually that you bring a lower low up, and I brought Vicar of Dibley up. Maybe there is a bit of a British influence going on here in Fraser. Joe Keenan, for example, I don't think he's the writer of this episode, but he strikes me as someone who you know would be well versed in British farce and British sitcoms. I think the act- accents of the French actors in this scene are absolutely awful. I, I, if they are French, I am extremely sorry. Um and I've just clearly I'm not used to this kind of French accent, this regional accent. If they're not French, I think it's very likely. It just yeah, it, I think their accents are terrible. And one thing I will say and not to to go back into our previous conversation, I will try and say this as democratically as I can. The the daughter has a very unique face. Um, do you <laughs> know does. what I mean here?
1: Yes, yes, I do. She's
0: very very curious looking. Um, and I don't. Um, yeah, I've got no. I've got no more to say on that without being wildly offensive. Um, but it's just. I, I feel, feel like we're
1: offending. We're leaving all manners of people in our wake tonight. <laughs> <Don't you?
0: laughs> I know, we're trying um, we're trying not to, but I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like it's something people might notice when they watch this episode. So I just thought we'd bring it up. Yeah, uh,
1: interestingly, up. I don't know about others. However, I can tell you that the father, uh, Etienne, mm-hmm. um, he is French. He's from Toulouse.
0: Okay, in which case, I do I edit out what I just said because <laughs> I, I, I honestly if we're, like if we're
1: editing out things that are offending people we've, we've got like five minutes worth of a story so oh, do I don't think
0: we edit any of this out I think we leave it all in Um, there you go it's just clearly my ignorance I'm happy to admit that's just my ignorance then that's obviously a French regional accent or something it's just it just sounded really really hammed up you know like who is the father who is the father like it's just it's really overdone maybe maybe it's just but, the acting generally is a little bit hammy in
1: this scene genu- I really like over the top French accents. I don't really? know what it is. But right. I, is I a low a in you. I think. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so I'm pretty sorry. sure the
1: guy. I think the guy who plays Renee in a lower, low I could be wrong on this, and I might embarrass myself. I want to say he's from Huddersfield.
0: Wow, pretty I, far from France.
1: <laughs> um There um, you go. So, what's his accent like? Passive. Yeah, he's from Huddersfield. Just yeah, from Huddersfield. Um, he is not perfect but again i quite like it because i i like hammed up french accents because i grew up on a level so. well,
0: there you go so he gets a pass from you um I, with apologies then to the guy who plays Etienne Degar. Um, that is that's all his I name know. is actually Pierre, by the way. Pierre, <laughs> well, they, uh, <laughs> there you go, just to really slap you around the face with that particular halibut. I think Fraser's intonation delivery here is uh the young man over there who is so obviously the father. I think that's fantastic. I feel like I use that a lot, like uh, like saying X, which is so obviously Y. I feel like I I feel like I say that a lot as for kind of comedic effect in everyday life, and I feel like I've got it from this episode. I feel like it's something I probably borrowed because um, it's just it's a really funny delivery. And if you would said the line in a more roundabout way, it wouldn't it wouldn't quite kind of land?
1: But I really like the way you hear Etienne sort of off screen. Going oh, you and your cuttlefish bisque. I spit in your cuttlefish bisque, <laughs> and then he comes out. and go, Here you go, cuttlefish bisque. Um. Cuttlefish
0: bisque. Then she's like, Madeline's like, oh, you know, I had cuttlefish for lunch or something. She pushed, obviously doesn't want to eat it because they heard um that's a good situation
1: it kind of reminds me a little bit of um the simpsons don't remember the episode um where Principal Skinner and Bart become friends and they go to the restaurant together and then Bart later in the episode goes in on his own. Oh. You just hear Luigi off screens and we're like, can I get a bowl of crap for the kid or something like <laughs> that? Yeah,
0: can I get a bowl of red crap or something like that? Um, <laughs> oh, that's so weird you said that because I I must have seen that episode a lot when I was a kid because I can really see the way they draw that scene a lot. Like Bart sitting on his own at the table with his eyes really wide. I feel like Bart's yeah. expression's hilarious in that scene. Oh, that's yeah, great shout key. That's that's a really good I mean, again. There's a Simpsons quote for everything. I think we said this a couple of weeks ago, but there really is. I feel like this is the first time we've seen Fraser truly on the path to love again since the show started. Like this is kind of talking about the KSEL scene now incidentally I think Roz is great in this scene I just think yeah the way he's getting all excited about about her and it's all kind of the honeymoon period he won't shut up talking about it which I think everyone's guilty of when they're kind of first falling in love with someone yeah I think it's kind of it's kind of nice and also just makes it all the more bizarre that Madeline is only around for two episodes and she's barely in this one you know this is the this is the one episode of two where we're meant to believe fraser's falling in love with someone and lilith's gonna cock it up and yet you know she's in it for like 70 no 20 30 percent of the time so
1: um yeah I, I just don't know if i ever really buy into their relationship just because it you so know yeah, yeah you're just purely seeing this from fraser's viewpoint mm. um and i think everyone is sort of as a, an audience member, I am Niles in this episode where I'm going on, mm, actually, um, you might be rushing into this, mate. Yeah. Um, Niles's output um, view on it, I might be jumping ahead slightly, um, but it reminds me of an episode of Seinfeld. I think there's an episode of Seinfeld where um, he goes on a holiday with this girl he's just started dating. Mm. And the whole episode is about if you go on holiday with someone too soon and you're doing if you're used to just doing one night with them at a time, and all of a sudden you've got to spend a week together you're not ready for that um it can end the relationship before even gets started
0: that's yeah i don't i'm not sure if i've seen that episode um we talked about my seinfeld watch through and it's kind of fallen by the wayside but yeah i think it's a good rule of thumb generally speaking it's this does happen very fast for frazier and i just think when i'm frazier and i've got all that money and i've got all that time on my hands like which you know generally speaking he does i would be like oh you know screw it let's go to Bora Bora but if it was like me in kind of my normal life which I do not have money and I do not have time on my hands um I would be like yeah what the hell I'm not going to Bora Bora like it's this insane um so you know I think there's there's two sides to this coin especially when like you know you say Nas is a bit Cautious, and you're not going to believe this. Key as well. In this scene, we have the word "horny" used again. Did you make note of this?
1: Oh yes. Does he say to Roz, like, oh sweet, silly, horny Roz"?
0: Yeah. Which is, it's, it's a fantastic delivery. Also, doesn't it weirdly not strike you as like a Homer Simpson-esque line? Like something Homer it would does. say to March. Yeah, like, I
1: can it, picture that.
0: Yeah, big time. Um, but yeah, "horny" used again. We've said time and time again, "horny" gets used, and and, and and like yeah, disproportionately large number of times on Fraser. But there's another instance. There. Add to the uh, to the tip jar i put a oh yeah i've got oh, sorry i've got a quote here
1: i've I I I just i
0: i i've got i've got a quote here and i completely forgot what it was from um but it's when you know it's like uh the question is when well, the minute we get there. <laughs> just absolutely brilliant. Like they're both clearly just like desperate to uh to you know have sex. But this this kind of really hot, interesting little moment in KSEL is quite funny as well. Um, and I'm kind of alighting on Bora Bora. She says, I'll meet you at the airport. I've just put about 10 question marks here. I hate this trope in sitcoms. Are we to assume they don't speak before that point now? That's it. She'll just meet him at the airport. Doesn't know what day, doesn't know what time. Um. Yeah. I just. This is a trove in sitcoms. Always really get somewhere. I'm, I'm a pip. <laughs> did you?
1: Did that's you? That's kind of fight? I don't know. For me, I just figure that he's gonna message a call her later, and tell her when he's meeting her at the airport.
0: what wh- why would she say I'll meet you at the airport? Like I just. I just feel like she'd see him or speak to him before then. It makes it sound like it's a bit like, you know, when when on like friends or something, when they make an arrangement and it's just like, they, they, you know, like in real life, when you kind of, you basically send an itinerary to the other person. Like, oh, we'll do this. This is when we're going. Like in sitcom time on a phone call, everything is kind of implicit. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm, just, I'm splitting hairs. I'm splitting hairs, but it's uh,
1: I but call- you're one of those people who hates it in a sitcom when they go. It's not we've I've got no time to tell you, I have to show you. And um,
0: massively, massively so I'm like, there's always time to tell, <laughs> always. Um great Niles and Martin scene, playing the piano, smoking the cigars some of the so in fact one of Niles' best lines actually like this is really what guys do isn't it dad like yeah this and some, some some outdoors stuff but we'll stick to this for now um just fantastic it's just I love the way Martin you- is kind of sitting under the he's still almost like under the awning of the piano as well. Um and it's just it's a really cracking little little setup
1: there. What do you think of the Daphne and Niles moment in this scene? very
0: weird very forced how many up to this point now instances of like them being really intimate and then fraser walking in and getting the wrong end of the stick how many times has that happened because i reckon it's about four or five times now the joke's wearing thin a little bit but also daphne what daphne's doing would not help niles produce smoke rings so
1: yeah it doesn't work for me i i find it just Weirdly strange because it is quite. I'm going to be honest. If someone was doing that with me, I'd think that they were coming on to me a little bit because yeah, she's that like... close to him as well. Yeah, he's she's very close to him. She's sort of sticking her tongue out, so she's practically licking him. She's, she's not picture, far um, away. She's
0: like a ten, what, five millimeters from his mouth. It's like it's it's weird, isn't it? It is a bit strange. It, um... there's, there's an intimacy to it, um, which is kind of undercut by Fraser coming in as he often doesn't seeing it. It's like you know, I'm learning to blow smoke. Well, <laughs> Such a a great moment, a great line.
1: Like, um, I, I, it's not far away, but I think my favorite Niles line this seed is um, he, when he's on about you know if you rush into things, and he's just building up to this crescendo towards the end of his little speech, and he's like, "But you can't act upon it because you're trapped in a stale Baris. <laughs>
0: that is honestly one of his best lines from the early seasons. I've, I've got that written down. It's just yeah, I, I just I didn't think up to the up to up to this point how good maris's name was for making that pun somewhere down the line i feel yeah. like it's just it's begging isn't it to be confused with the word marriage at some point point. Um, and the way he just finishes with i have to go now <laughs> and just
1: walks out the room
0: <laughs> so so good i i can't believe frazier allows smoking inside even when they say oh you know i told you to do this on the balcony or it's cold outside i don't think he'd let it slide there's no way he would let them smoke three massive cigars in his apartment like the smoke would be overpowering. You'd get getting all the furniture. Just, it's a bit like watching the flower sack get, you know, massacred on the Coco Chanel sofa. I'm just a bit like, is this
1: something Fraser would actually abide? Because I don't think he would. Yeah, I agree. Although I would say is that he. Him and Daphne smoking in the in the living room before. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Um, In the episode where... Is it the one where the smoke alarm goes off in a room and she's trying to find the man?
0: Isn't it the matchmaker? Is it right at the beginning of the matchmaker? Um, yes,
1: yeah, it is, yeah. Because it is. yeah. The, she doesn't have a man and then he tries to set her up with the sexiest man on the planet. <laughs> Mr. Tom Durant.
0: Oh, learn Mr. to Tom love Durant. again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, good point, actually. And we have, like, the BB episode of smoking, like, down the line as well, Um, so... Couple of smoking instances, you know, taking place in the uh, and Lorna smokes in his bedroom as well. Um, or Lana um, in like seasons eight and nine, or whichever season she's in, I can't quite remember. So yeah, some, some, some good talking points there about smoking in the apartment um so i, I love this bit where like fraser's trying to convince them all well they convince him to, to go to bora bora and he's like you know don't think i don't know you're doing this just see like the apartment to yourself oh, i completely forgot the line where martin goes it will be sweet won't it <laughs> like the way he says that to himself oh, i forgot that completely and it's such a good little moment from john mahoney especially considering he's barely in this episode at all
1: really good yeah um- this is very much a Fraser episode, isn't it? Massively it's, so. Everyone else has a handful of lines and and doesn't have much opportunity to do much with it. To be honest with you, yeah, I completely agree. It's it's it, I don't I don't want
0: to say it is the most, but it's got to be one of the most Fraser centric episodes we've had up to this point. Again, doesn't quite make sense given they're trying to make a two parter about him falling in love here. The, the, you know, the, the next part, admittedly, is a bit less frasier centric because it's got Lilith back and a bit more Madeline as she's trying to work out, you know, the giant psychological issues frasier has got with Lilith. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's interesting. They get to Bora Bora at this point. All I can think of at this point when I see this bedroom is in the next episode when he's hammering the bed against the wall. And he's just like, Oh, yes, yes. This yes. is just amazing. Um, not to skip ahead to that too much, but that's all I can think of. When they're on the bed it's, a line that does not get used enough in everyday conversation. I'm sweating like the pig who knows his dinner. I mean, have you ever used this in, in conversation, have you ever
1: said this I, to chat? <laughs> I'm very confident that I have not used this in conversation. <laughs> Nor have I ever been in bed and said oink.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that has got to be the least like sexy thing in the world, an, an oink sound. I mean, what's he thinking here? But just yeah, it, it's it's hilarious, the whole kind of extended pig foreplay. Is absolutely hilarious, (laughs) and then we have you know a very sexy moment when he's out on the balcony, and what's her name, Madeline comes in, she takes the towel off, and then the first twist ending of the Fraser show so far. And I don't think we've actually have that many twist endings generally speaking across the series. But Lila turns around, she's got some weird lotus in her hair. (laughs) She just looks really strange. Just yeah, I mean, what do you make of this as a twist ending? god Fraser. oh my god
1: see i always think chris ending it's quite hard because when you've seen it so many times as soon as this episode opens i know what the ending is um, yeah, it's hard to get back into the so, mindset of seeing it for the first time. You're just waiting time. for it. I think first time round, it's great. It's absolutely mm. great. And I love the way that it ends with both of them saying the same line. They both say, Frasier. Um, yeah, and he, bo- and he says, oh my
0: God, both times as well, which is just hilarious. Like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, and so good. Completely different reactions, both of them. It's great. Mm.
0: Um, I just think it's, I think it's genius to get Lilith into this scene, into this episode, into this plot line. I just think it works really well, it's the first time, as I say, Fraser's kind of falling in love again. There's been a lot of sh- foreshadowing of Lilith, like in the French cafe, when they're talking about, you know, why didn't their marriage work out? And you clearly see both of them have. They're both still hung up on their divorce issues. Obviously, then that's kind of foreshadowing the fact that maybe Lilith, you know, and Fraser aren't done. She's going to come back in some way and maybe haunt this relationship, which she does, which I think is just preempted really well. Yeah, I think it's a it's a funny, it's a funny ending for sure. I think just Cal oh my god and then oh my god it's just it's just excellently done um but yeah, just really cracking stuff. That I mean, that's all my bullet points this episode, Keith. Is there anything before we jump into the gubbins of the, of the, you know, the end of episode stuff? Is there anything you've missed?
1: The only thing I'd say, um, one, I love the way um on about sad people who still live with their parents. Oh, and, uh, yeah. you got the heart goes out of those sad sacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't know how long he thinks he can get away with that lie. If the I, That's what I on.
0: thought. I was like, if he's in love with this woman, she's going to be coming around his apartment like any day now. Him, he's just
1: a neighbour, he pops around orders. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. and I don't know, I think this would have worked a lot better had Madeline, I don't know, made ne- not necessarily big cameos, but cameos in maybe two or three episodes first. Hmm. So we've we've maybe got that little bit more of a rapport with her that we've come to maybe accept her a little bit, then it all starts to go south. Um I personally just don't really buy the whole he's a love struck teenager within six minutes of her opinion. and also I really don't buy the fact that apparently the, the 47th most beautiful woman in Seattle will just take a phone call from anyone who calls up says they're Frasier Gray like yeah I'll go on a date with you that, yeah that...
0: it's it, it's oh. all too convenient that these women know who Frasier is as well
1: although she doesn't listen to the show her secretary and the <laughs> sous chef they're all the ones who listen to the show yeah
0: the secretary and the sous chef are the real heroes of this episode because without <laughs> them there's like no recognition for Frasier at all but um But yeah, some, some, it's, 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 you know. On that note, is this in your top ten? No, this is not in my top ten. It's not in mine either. I don't think that'll come as any surprises to anyone. Um, The title, uh, did you have anything for the title, Uh, "Adventures in Paradise"? Can I just have Hubba Bubba? <laughs> um, TV show from the late 50s and early 60s called Adventures in Paradise. I got from Googling. I've got no idea what it's about or who was in it. Um, but there you go. So there was a TV show way back when um, with this name. Perhaps it's a reference. I,
1: I feel we should say this while we've got the opportunity. And again, I know I've already made one Simpsons reference. But please, whenever I up. hear um, Hubba Hubba, I always think of <laughs> that. That guy who was like, um, you know, he works in the hotel when Homer's with Mindy. Yeah, man. No. Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> that used to make me laugh so much when I was
0: a kid. Honestly, that used to kill me. Um, I have distinct memories. I used to walk my dog with my dad. And obviously, I was much younger at this point, And I would just just reel off to him like quotes in the Simpsons episodes that I'd seen that week that had made me laugh. And he put up with it the whole walk round. He'd laugh. And I just think, you know, that that must have been so boring for him. So <laughs> my heart goes out that he had to listen to all those quotes. But yeah, that is a hilarious, a hilarious, um, hilarious line. And I'm glad it reminded you. Of, uh, this episode remind you of it. Got to pick your best actor this week, Key. Who's it going to be? Uh,
1: I think there's only one person you can pick. Just cause I don't think <laughs> anyone else has the opportunity to come into the conversation. Um, so I think I've got to give it to Kelsey.
0: Give it to Kelsey. i'm gonna be controversial not really i'm gonna give it to Kelsey. <laughs> there's no one else i can give it to here um, we still haven't done our tally for the previous like episodes up to the point we started doing this we will get to that um at some point we promise uh i've got to ask you K, our man on the ground kennedy burling what does he make of madeline
1: marshall i mean kennedy does love women who are smart and sophisticated and madeline is
0: and I have heard um, on the uh, on the Great Boy that he loves redheads. Is this true? Oh, definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> um, although he has been seeing me Madeline's sister recently. So. Oh no, Kennedy! <laughs> you got to get out of that one. I'll get on the phone. So that's going to end badly for him. Uh, <laughs> has Kennedy ever been to Bora Bora? Did he mention that? I think he must have been, must not he?
1: Yeah, he, he, um, he probably runs that hotel they are staying at. To be honest,
0: <laughs> he's dipped his oh, he's dipped his toes into a not into Crane Lake, but he's dipped his toes into a, <laughs> the the day rental markets there we go a man truly with his fingers in all the pies thank you key no further explanations needed just before we go to listen to mail it's time for who's craze anyway and i've got a little surprise for you this week i have prepared it for you (laughs) i have and it is i won't tell you i won't tell you have a feeling you'll get this I won't. You always
1: it. say this, and I haven't gotten one right in weeks. Just to remind Absolutely. you of
0: the rules, Key, it can be a line uttered by anyone in the episode who has a spoken
1: line. Mm. I feel because you reminded me of the rules, that's a sign that it's um not one of the main cast. Oh, it's an excellent red herring from me. <laughs> eggs, the red herring, that's true, but... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't feel you do red herrings too often, I don't know, mm. because I always assume the worst in you. No, I like um... my herrings blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to assume that you are telling... You've actually told me a fact, but I'm assuming you're going to tell the truth, and uh... it means that it's not one of the main cast. Okay. Which means that it must be one of the people in the restaurant. Okay. Um. So I'm going to say it is... I think Etienne is asking the daughter, I think is called Yvette off the top of my head, Mm -hmm. um, who the father is. And Yvette says, I won't tell you.
0: Okay, okay,
1: okay. You've took
0: the red herring bait, my friend. It oh. is, Yvette, you got it right, <laughs> well played She says, I won't tell you In exactly the right context as she said When he's uh, asking who the father is Well played, that's the first in a few weeks I believe I told you he would be like he is. Who is the father? I want to know Who is the father? I won't tell you And <laughs> I find this man, I will kill him I'll
1: snap his neck like a steel blanket It's a I tell you what, this week has been a huge uh, huge comeback for me to be yeah, honest with you. What a FF. rush. What a rush <laughs>
0: Are you ready to jump over to Listener Mail this week, Kay? Eh? I am indeed. Excellent. Well, let's do that. Raz, who's our next caller? So for Listener Mail this week, actually quite a few of you wrote in this week, which is always really great. Um, Ludus Poppinger, who sent in some questions as well. Great episode, guys. I love the longer episodes. Please keep them coming. It seems pretty clear in the context of 90s politics that Thorpe is a hard-right Republican and Patterson is supposed to be some sort of inoffensive, milk-toast, generic centre-left Democrat. This was also in 94, the year of the Republican Revolution, when Republicans took over both houses of Congress for the first time in 40 years and they campaigned on a hard-right, conservative, small-government, draconian, anti-crime platform. I think the US term for champagne socialists will be limousine liberals, which I love. Fraser and Niles are both upper-class, slightly left-of-centre guys who would happily vote Democrat but are appalled by anything remotely working class, which I just think is a very good summary of that episode and of uh, Frasier and I'll. to be honest. So um, thank you very much, Ludicus Papinger, and for your questions as well.
1: Uh, next comment we've got from uh, Cam Winston, and Will deliberately asked me to read this one out. Um, <laughs> well, 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 Mr. Leahy, I finally, <laughs> after what seems like forever, stumped you with all three questions. I think I let out a not-so-quiet yes when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> they were great questions, so congratulations. <laughs> well done. Oh, uh... um, anyway, good episode again. I like the fact that they are now consistently an hour twenty to an hour thirty minutes in length. It's a more relaxed, not so rushed feel. So well done there. I feel also, really I, guilty
0: now because I don't think this episode is going to be as long as normal ones. So I, sorry
1: for everyone saying this. <laughs> I, I personally, my view is that this is, as episodes go, and t- talking about the actual episode, um, I think it's much weak. It's one of the weaker ones we've had for a while the more um, we
0: like the episode the longer the episodes tend to be so that's why we've yeah. probably been hitting the big books the last few weeks um, yeah sorry I interrupted your comment
1: No, I, yeah I would echo what Will said I think the better the episode is the longer we tend to go mm-hmm. um, because the more we get stuck into it the more we go off into tangents and I've gone off into a tangent in the middle of a comment so <laughs> <laughs> I I've did <laughs> now coming back to the question of Cam Winston um, gives <laughs> a more relaxed not so rushed feel so i on that. Um also I think we need to know more about the GG group you had as I feel you have more stories to tell. <laughs> um, the coffee idea is brilliant too and i almost definitely get involved. Uh, maybe Martin got shot in the hip and the bullet went out the backside. That is a good shout out. There's an image. <laughs> and there is an image at the exit. <laughs> yeah, also, I will just say he ends his, his message with um, up the villa. So well done, mate. Well done. Lovely. Yes,
0: up the villa indeed, Hamish. Up the villa indeed. Uh, next is Frightened Refugee 55. You put the Patterson discussion hits close to the bone. California generally runs blue, as Will and Key correctly surmised. But speaking as a Californian, we're capable of just about anything. We could vote in a hypothetical Patterson who, who cares about the little people. But we're also the state that gave Nixon and Reagan to the world. Brackets, you're welcome? Question mark. Ray bumper stickers. I'm not sure if they are more or less prevalent today, but what are more prevalent are the uniquely American invention that you in the UK would call truck bollocks. I believe this is these not like that. prosthetic ballsack that you can hang off the back of a vehicle, and we actually see these with alarming frequency um, in kind of recent recent years. Have you have you spotted one of these out in
1: the wild, Key? I've, I've not. Did not realise that was? I thought it was just a fun little American phrase I'd never heard before.
0: Oh no, they're a thing, man. They're a thing. To keep You're always pale because they're a scourge.
1: um, I think the frightened refugees comment. Has, is that a hyperlink that's on Yeah, policy? if you, cl-
0: if you yeah. click it, it takes you to the actual thing I'm talking about on Wikipedia.
1: I don't want to click it because I don't, don't want worry. that on my search history.
0: It, it <laughs> is a safe link. It's only Wikipedia. Um But yeah, it's literally a prosthetic ball bag that hangs from um, oh. oh, the horrible. ball. Program. It looks like the car's got balls. Um People who, often who hang... Is some, putting uh, that
1: on their car?
0: Very strange people is the answer to that, Kate. Um, and Frightened Refugee rounded out the comment again excellent breakdown on my favorite episodes gents um not to get bogged down in ball talk um sydney ass basket okay? i'm
1: sorry i'm just still blown away by the fact that <laughs> someone went into a marketing meeting one day i was like balls look for your car look and, your and car. everyone liked that idea <laughs> what's going on what, what's what's come of this world man what's come of this world <laughs> um so sydney ass baskets comment uh brilliant episode from you guys as always Will, I insist you to try steak and kidney pie. Talk mm-hmm. back to me with your findings. If you can find one made by the company Cook, then you'll be delighted. They make the best pies in England. Secondly, Key, I've seen The Proposal and I do enjoy (laughs) that movie. Thank you. Rom-com people. I need you on this. (laughs) Um, Bullock and Reynolds are comedy gold in this one. The others I've not seen. Maybe you should try watching Feast of Love. I'm writing it down right now. Um, It's not strictly a rom-com, but it is a great romantic movie full of twists and turns. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Ah,
0: that's a hell of a recommendation, Key.
1: In fairness, I, I actually, and this is a controversial topic. So mm. I think Rocky is a great romantic movie.
0: I, I would agree, and it's it's a generally a good film, generally speaking, as well. But it's, oh, got, it's an amazing it's film. Got those elements, so yeah, I think I think you're fair in saying that. Um, mischief knight said, "I want to join Ghost Gang." You weren't alone, MK. Quite a few people have commented on Ghost Gang. Actually, that was an unexpected hit of last week. But <laughs> I used to do paranormal investigations all the time when I live near Gettysburg. Daphne would not be allowed to vote until she received citizenship as well. That's about another question we asked. Now his special assignment. I was to find out how he got shot. Martin got shot because he shows his butt on TV, but apparently he got shot in the hip. Postulation. Based on last week's research on when Martin was shot, the way he limps, research into the type of stretches slash therapy that Daphne makes Martin do, and the following quote from decoys. If you were Daphne, would you go out with Donny? No, but I wouldn't massage dad's ass for what I pay her either. My takeaway is that if we agree with the assumption that Martin was brave enough to face the assassin's bullet straight on, he was shot straight through the hip, the bullet passing through the front of his thigh, shattering the hip, then exiting through the proverbial derriere. Also something Hamish has said. In addition, ballistics have taught me that exit wounds are often more gruesome than entry wounds, which would make Martin's scar on the backside probably more effective for the point of thought's advert. This is all opposed to what we all probably thought, that he was shot from the side, which is probably which probably, if that was the case, would leave Martin with absolutely no sexual feeling in his groin area. Sorry,
1: I didn't um, have any dolls lying around. <laughs> I love that he's put that last comment about sexual feeling in quote marks. So I know. Is that a he's quote for something? I can't. I'm
0: trying to think if that's a quote from <laughs> Fraser. I can't remember. I'm not sure.
1: It doesn't jump out at me. I feel but it would. Either but...
0: way, MK, another round of applause is due because that is some serious some serious deduction you've done there so thank you so much you've really risen to the occasion okay so we've
1: got next uh, Earl Grey 0203 um hello guys i've been catching up on the podcast religiously for the past few weeks i'm really enjoying it i'm really looking forward to this becoming a staple of my listening habits for the next few years two things i wanted to comment on a few months ago when you were discussing the episode author author a personal favorite of course i think there was some misunderstanding of the joke when niles arrives at the apartment and the brothers address each other as Dumas Frère. That's right, um, yeah. This, I'm sure, is a reference to Alexandre Dumas, uh, the Three Musketeers, the Count of Monte Cristo, who is known as Alexandre Dumas Père, and then brackets, father, um, because his son was also a writer known as um, Alexandre Dumas Phil, which means son. Um, Frasier and Nas are referring to each other as uh, Dumas Frère in reference to them. A great literary in joke, in my opinion. I can't imagine any other sitcom using this joke or getting the laughs. That is actually that's a brilliant, brilliant pickup, that is, because I, I, I didn't get yeah. that
0: at all. I commented on this on Reddit, but just to reiterate, that is an unbelievable um, kind of reference. The fact that there's still jokes in this show that need unpacking like 20 years plus later, just absolutely amazing. And I will say, actually, I've, I'm i a big Damar fan. I've read The Three Musketeers uh, last year, and The Cant of Monte Cristo is one of my favourite books of all time. It's like a giant doorstop of a book. It's like 1,300 pages, but it is amazing. Um, and just yeah that was just I loved reading that because I had no idea and it's just such a clever gag that just yeah brilliant from from Earl
1: Grey and um, just to finish the comment um, I've been reading How Steeple Cinderby Wanderers Won the FA Cup by JL Carr which Will recommended a few months ago great recommendation loving it I was wondering what are you guys currently reading failing that any more book recommendations Uh, keep up the good work lads and looking forward to future installments
0: what a cracking comment Um, I I am not going to go on a tangent about what I'm reading because we will literally be here for another hour Um, I could talk about what I'm reading for, for till the cows come home the current but I if you I did recommend on the rec- on the reddit comment there's a book by J.L. Carr called a month in the country um, which is more famous than steeple cinderby one and I also read that this year and that was also brilliant but I'm, I'm reading at the moment in cold blood which is very famous and a lot of Americans listening will be very familiar with it So I imagine a lot of you studied it in high school or at some point in your education um, are you familiar with in cold blood k I
1: uh, I know of it but I've never
0: So I think it was written maybe the fifties, possibly the sixties, um, by Truman Capote and it's basically a the first ever true crime book. It was about um a horrendous home invasion and murder of a family of four in a out absolutely middle of nowhere town in Kansas and it just paints a really horrific portrait of the crime shows the effect it had on the town and follows the two killers and humanizes them in a way that's extremely disturbing as well but yeah I mean I'm getting through it very slowly for, for normally how quick I read but non-fiction I tend to my attention spans very bad with non-fiction so it's uh, it's taking me a little while but we'll definitely get some more book recommendations as we go through the podcast there's more literary episodes of Frasier to come so I'll try and keep it topical so I'm not just going on a massive self-indulgent rant. But bear in mind, bear you know, kind of rest assured as this podcast goes on, there will be more book recommendations uh coming your way. Um, But yeah, thank you very much. Um, Cal Cal Anajan, or Cal, who we haven't heard from in a while, actually, um, has put, Hey guys, Cal here. Just wanted to say thanks for making this podcast. In August, I started my first year as an elementary school teacher. Since I live in the States, we are doing distance learning, meaning I am in my classroom alone most of the day. When I'm not teaching live, I am prepping for the rest of the week and have been getting caught up on your podcast. It has been such a joy to listen to and helps the time and work fly by. Thanks for keeping me company during this Crazy time! It has been so fun to watch the following following of this podcast grow. You guys are great, and I'm so glad you are getting the appreciation you deserve. By the way, Will, watch the proposal. There are some f- pretty funny moments, I see. And I see this as overall less cheesy than the others. Brackets. Sorry, <laughs> Um, Ray, California, and bumper stickers. We are definitely a blue state, despite areas that are outliers. I think bumper stickers used to be pretty big here, but for the most part, died off around the 2016 election. I still see some, but not nearly as many. I wonder if social media at all helped people express their political views in a different way. Just a, such a wonderful comment that is about kind of keeping cow company and, and I, I I I don't again don't know whether it's a he or a she. I have a, I feel like a she, but I'm just going to say they. Um when they were in their classroom this kind of really like a, a, a unsettling period of distance learning um you know my both my brother and sister-in-law are teachers as well and we're not doing distance learning in 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 england um in the uk it's it's a, it's very much a back to school thing but i know the pressure teachers are under at the moment and distance learning must be so difficult um so to, to know we were there in your classroom kind of keeping you company is just really really wonderful um just extremely heartening and it's that kind of comment that keeps me and key going most weeks i would say so yeah, really lovely
1: yeah it's, it's really really nice to hear that in times where uh people aren't maybe as close as they'd like to be or would usually be that you know with mediums like this we can all sort of reach out and and be a bit closer and and meet people and you know engage with people that we wouldn't necessarily or ordinarily be able to to do so so it's really really great to hear and um hope everything's going okay in the classroom yeah absolutely stay
0: safe and keep doing the job you're doing because it's the teaching is more vital than it's ever been i think in 2020 so you know it's it's very courageous
1: and uh, thank you for watching the proposal because it's amazing. <laughs> I will get
0: to the proposal. I will eat my steak and kidney pie. I promise
1: I will do these things. You not gotta you eat beans and sausages, I mate. haven't
0: forgotten, actually. I am saving that. If we do some kind of live Christmas thing, <laughs> I'm going to eat them live on, on, a, on a stream. Um, so I'm going to save them for that.
1: Okay. Um, I think next comment is uh, Recklia's. It is. Um, So you were basically Sam and Dean before the show even started. I'd love to hear more of your pre-supernatural adventures, lol. Oh, man. Um, That's wonderful that you got to go back to your primary school. I hope to go back to mine one day it'll be one hell of a nostalgia trip since it's been over two decades ago. I wow. don't have much to say about the next episode, but I did love the cigar scene, particularly the Niles and Daphne part. wasn't fond of the argument in the restaurant or that scene in general. In fact, aside from the previously mentioned cigar scene, I wasn't that keen on this episode. The Lilith twist at the end was brilliant, though. Um, I I'd agree, agree with that. Great, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's... Um, I think probably up there with the weakest episode of the season, um, I'm thinking maybe with the unkindness cut of all being yeah, those
0: three came back to me as, as kind of weaker spots. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, um, we do have some really good ones. I mean, I think when you get to three quarters of the way through season two is when, cause I think in season one, right at the end of season one, you have a really golden period of a few absolute crackers. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's, similar and i'd say the second half of this season stronger than the first i Um, would uh, i would agree so there is some really really strong episodes at the start to see the matchmaker flower child but i think as you go on it, it probably just gets stronger and stronger
0: Okay, we just had a quick technical glitch. The Wi-Fi on Key's uh, laptop has stopped working but he's joined us via his mobile. So there's a bit of an echo, so he's currently muted. Um, But next week, obviously, we'll be looking at Season 2, Episode 9, Adventures in Paradise Part 2, and we'll finally find out what happens when they bumped into Lilith in Bora Bora. Um, But until then, I've been Will.
1: I've been Key.
0: And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs Oh, my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you, Peg Ha, 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 ha
1: But I don't know what to do
0: With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs